I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author, poet, and performer, Asia Mayrock. Her book is Dear Girl. Asia Mayrock is a young, talented, vibrant, up-and-coming voice whose work focuses on empowering girls and women and mental health. She was bullied as a teenager, and finding her way through that ordeal has helped her find a focus and healthy outlet for the emotional upheaval of that experience. Starting with the publication of The Survival Guide to Bullying, which she published when she was a teenager, she's used her words and actions to help others find their voice. Asia was named one of the Today Show's Heroes of the Year for 2018, and her work has been published and featured on Good Morning America, The View, The Today Show, Forbes, USA Today, and many more. Welcome to the show, Asia. Nice to have you on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. Okay, well, this uh, bullying, this is the topic, right? We're going to be talking about women and bullying and empowerment. Um, so, dear girl, what was the, motiv- I, I say, motivation or inspiration, I guess, for, for the book? Yeah, so I, uh, I wrote my first book, as you mentioned, The Survival Guide to Bullying, when I was in high school and I had gone through years and years of bullying. And um, when I wrote the book, I started going around the U.S. and speaking to schools and communities and libraries. And whenever I would speak to anyone but specifically young people, I would tell my story about bullying and my story with mental health through poetry. And poetry became this vehicle for me to share the very vulnerable parts of my story in my life. And I found that, you know, I always say vulnerability breeds vulnerability and people would just open up and begin to share their story. And so I wanted to write a book full of poetry. um, And I was very passionate about telling a story about a journey from girlhood to young womanhood, all told through poetry. And that was where Dear Girl came from. Well, as I understand it, you're the bullying. The bullying began, what, from the ages of 8 to 16, as as you have yes. described? In your, yeah, 8 to 16. So what happened for an 8-year-old to to be bullied? I mean, what were you, what were they bullying you about? Well, for me, the bullying began, I had a lisp and a stutter. And so it began when I was 8 years old with the way I spoke. And then as social media really became social currency, it just grew and escalated to everything and anything that the people that were bullying me could target me for. And, you know, social media is a incredible vehicle, but it is also something that um, can be used to really hurt people and to attack people anonymously and 24-7. And so that was part of, of my experience and my story. But I always say that, you know, bullying happens to so many millions and millions of people all around the world every single day. And so my story is just one of many. And um, it's why I wanted to speak out and try to hopefully make it a little bit easier or better for other people in similar situations to ask for help when they need it. Given that, what could you have done? And why don't you share maybe what you could, because you were bullied for a long period of time, and obviously it was exacerbated on social media. How could you have mitigated that? What can you do when you're eight years old if you're being bullied? Right. So I honestly, I always say that in the beginning, I I gave up on myself really quickly in a lot of ways because I was bullied for the way I spoke. I stopped speaking up for myself. 
And oftentimes when you do speak up for yourself, the bullying does stop, um, or at least with the particular people that might be bullying you. But the other thing that I didn't do and I, and I do regret is that I didn't ask for help. I didn't really have the language to talk about bullying at the time because it wasn't as talked about as it is now. And so I really struggled with asking for help from my parents, from my teachers, and even some of my peers. And so I really encourage young people that are facing bullying or anyone facing bullying to create a top five list of the people in your life that you trust and go to them and ask for help. And even if someone doesn't fully understand in the beginning or if they don't really listen, keep asking for help and keep advocating for yourself. When you say keep asking for help, how do you know whether you do Who do you go to initially? I mean, do you go to your teacher? Do you go to the counselor at school? Or do you go to your parents or just talk to your friends? Right. So, I, you know, when we're talking about young people in middle school specifically, because that is where my first book um, really focuses on, I would say, you know, it depends on the type of bullying going on. And I break down the four types of bullying, which is social bullying, verbal bullying, physical bullying, and cyberbullying. Um, and all of these different types of bullying have their, their dangers. And, um, you know, especially if it is something like physical bullying, you want to go to a guidance counselor, a teacher, someone within your school as soon as that beca- becomes a threat because that can obviously be very dangerous. Um, but for other types of bullying, like cyberbullying, you want to take screenshots of it. Uh, you want to use the, the privacy buttons and block and, and report that social media platforms offer and then show those to those trusted people in your life, whether that be a teacher, a parent, a guidance counselor. But it really begins with whoever the young person feels most comfortable talking to because it can be really scary and really hard to have those conversations, especially if people don't understand in the beginning. Um, so in my book, I go through all these different strategies for the different types of bullying and what steps uh, might be useful in trying to ask for help. Right. Social bullying. What is social bullying? You know, I mean, physical bullying may be more obvious or even cyber bullying, I guess. But what is social bullying? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's one that is often not talked about. Um, so social bullying would be spreading rumors about someone. Um, it would be excluding someone. It, it, it's kind of that, that silent type of bullying that maybe isn't to your face or online, but is still happening and is very hurtful and damaging. And often it's a very, very popular type of bullying because, um, people often see it as kids being kids, but really it can, it can be incredibly harmful. So there's a question of how do you know when you sort of morph from just kind of kids being kids? I'm thinking about growing up as I'm a baby boomer. You know, we as girls, we were in cliques. They called them cliques. And some people were in the clique yeah. and some people were not in the clique. Is that bullying or what? how would you describe that? Or when does it sort of morph or segue or morph into bullying? That's a great question. So the thing that changes it from being kids being kids to being bullying is repetition. It doesn't just happen once or twice from, you know, this person or, or that person, but it is repetitive. It happens every single day or it happens constantly online. And it is that repetition that can really take an enormous toll on someone's mental health, um, but also make it dangerous and perpetuate the cycle. 
Right. So I guess awareness is the key, right? You have to be not only aware as a kid or in middle school or even in high school, but parents have to be aware of this, right? What's their role in it? Because obviously that's that's a huge part of, of parents being aware of this kind of social, physical, or cyber bullying. They have to know what's going Definitely. on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's very, very hard to know what's going on because young people, especially when they're going through something like this, are very good at hiding it. I was really good at hiding my wounds and my vulnerabilities because you're so used to doing that when you're at school. And you also don't, you know, oftentimes you blame yourself or you're not sure if you are making this happen, if you're doing something wrong. It's a really complicated and messy thing to work through. And we're talking about really, really young people that are going through this most of the time. Um, So for parents, I mean, I always say that it's important to notice changes in your kid's behavior, um, whether it is in their, the way they dress, the way they act, how they want to see friends or not see friends, um, their grades, their, maybe their eating habits, their sleeping habits, um, you know, just being really in tune as best as you can with changes in their behavior. And then I always say that having really open conversations with your child um, about their school day and just trying to ask questions step by step and kind of peel away the layers if they are having a hard time opening up, um, I think that that also helps in just creating that uh, bond and that trusting relationship where that young person feels a little bit more comfortable sharing things that might be really difficult to share. Yeah, I mean, as a social worker, I, 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 I see that. I agree with you. I mean, being able to keep that connection and that bond with your middle schooler or your high schooler, not easy to do as a parent because at, at that point, that's when, as you said, kids you know, don't want to share everything with their parents and they're trying to break away and trying to separate and you want to give them that freedom. But at the same time, you have to sort of really be on top of things. And I think probably, um, and I guess I'll ask you this question, You do you have to be more, um, to me, sometimes it even sounds intrusive coming, you know, because of social media, because of everything that's happening, because of the internet, than maybe you did, say, 20 years ago. Because, uh, you know, like uh, they, I, I remember when my kids growing up, you had to, you're supposed to look into their backpacks, for instance, to see, uh, you know, make sure that they don't have things in their backpacks they shouldn't. And I always felt that that was somewhat intrusive, <laughs> you know, uh, the privacy versus um, connection. It's not easy. Yeah, I'm sure. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a parent and I definitely don't have all the, the answers on what parents should do because I can't imagine how, how difficult that, that job is. Um, from a kid's perspective and now like a young adult's perspective, I would say that uh, I, I think it, it's probably, as you said, so difficult now also with social media because it is very hard to see what is going on. Um, and something that I noticed when I was younger is whenever I brought up my, you know, experiences with bullying to teachers, I was often put in a room with the person that was bullying me and we were told that we had to work it out and we couldn't leave the room until we worked it out. And that always made things worse. And that always made the culture of bullying in the school just way more rampant. And so um, I think in building that, that bond and that kind of agreement between parent and child, when I was younger, I think I would have wanted to make sure, had I been more open about about what I was going through, um, make sure that we were in this together and that nothing would be done without my 
kind of agreement or talking through it because I think uh, you already feel like you have completely lost control when you are being bullied. And then when things happen, like being put in a room with the person that is bullying you, it only makes things worse. And then I think it often shuts young people down. What do you think now during the pandemic where people aren't in school and they aren't person to person, but they are online? How does bullying fit or how has that, I say, emerged or evolved, let's say, during this past year where kids are don't really have a physical connection with a lot of their friends or any of their friends? Yeah, I, I don't really know. I mean, I can assume that on the social media front and the cyberbullying front, I'm sure it has gotten worse. I, I don't really know, given that I um, am not in a lot of those classrooms and not seeing it firsthand, but I definitely have heard from young people that cyberbullying is really bad and probably much worse now that it's really the only option. Um, and so to that, I always say, please make sure that if you are being cyberbullied, take screenshots use the block and report tools, make sure your privacy settings are being used to protect you, and then show that evidence of whatever, you know, is happening to you in terms of the cyberbullying to your parents or to a trusted adult, um, and make sure you're not going through it alone because cyberbullying can really be so incredibly painful and difficult to deal with, especially because it can feel anonymous and 24-7. Now, you were, uh, as I I read in the intro, I guess, uh, Today's Show Hero of the Year for 2018. Were you surprised about that? And uh, talk to us about that, because that's a a real, obviously, it's a real honor. Um, How did that come about? It was incredible. So I was reached out to by a journalist um, for today.com, I believe, and and they wrote an article. And then when the article came out, they sent it to me, and they were like, oh, you were also picked for, I think the official title is Today style hero of the year 2018 and it was with all of these like huge amazing um like celebrities that I always looked up to my whole life and so when that happened I was completely shocked and um really really excited and I was just really happy that my writing and my poetry were able to resonate with people on that level yeah really resonate with ever, with uh, with the world I guess I mean that's 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 quite an honor that's a great honor I have a question you know and you know you're obviously your voice and what you do and you're out there and you focus on empowering girls and and, and women you know now today and this is a good thing and with the me too movement and and uh, men are being called upon who harass women in the workplace and sexually harass them which includes physical and verbal harassment how do you feel, and I'm thinking right now of, uh, and I'll give you a specific situation because you are the expert on this, but right now uh, Governor, our Governor Cuomo is being accused of, of sexual harassment. And one of the, the women who is, uh, one of the women who uh, is uh, claiming sexual harassment was, I think, at a wedding um, and uh, allegedly says that I guess he asked her if she wanted to uh, would date older men and then touched her back or that was somewhat of the circumstances, right? I guess. And women are, is that, there's a little piece that I think about that perhaps that if you are in a public situation and you are, you know, somebody is not your boss, for instance, don't you talk about empowering women, shouldn't we be also the ones to say, stop it, don't do it, embarrass the person, make it obvious, rather than making it something like 
there's sounds a little bit like we're the victims. Now, that's a totally different situation. I'm not talking like a Harvey Weinstein type thing or anything like that. I don't know. This, As I was reading about that in the paper today, and I thought I'm interviewing you, I thought, well, I've got to ask you that question. I mean, we don't want to be victims. We want to be able to stand up for ourselves. And if a situation creates that, don't we want to be able to do that? I, I'm not quite sure I understand um, what you mean by the question. Do you mind repeating it? Sorry. I, yeah, I'm was that too to much understand. of a question? Yeah. Well, you're talking about empowering women, and I think being bullied, being part of being bullied is being sexually harassed, right? That's that can lead to that um, in terms of um, of being bullied. And that women have to be able also to stand up for themselves in situations that are wrong, but not necessarily, they sometimes in the situation that I described in a public situation where someone is trying to kiss you or touch you, don't you need to say something, stand up for yourself and not become the victim? I mean, it, it, that's what I'm talking, is that... I don't know if that's, I can't think of another okay, way to ask. I think I, yeah. I think I understand more. Yeah. Um, I like to never uh, say what someone should or shouldn't do because I, I don't know the situation. I, I also don't really, I haven't read the situation that you're mentioning. And oh. um, I, I just, I, you know, I, I, you can never know what someone is experiencing in that moment and what the details of any situation are. And I know with my bullying experience to go back to that, a lot of people would have said, shouldn't I have spoken up? And there were many reasons I didn't. Um, and so for me, I understand that angle. And so I, I don't know the particulars of this situation or, you know, any situation in general, because I'm not in that circumstance. So I, I never like to kind of say what someone should or shouldn't do. Um, so I think that would probably be my answer. Okay. So you have to know the exact situation, but I, I just kind of trying to put that in the context of empowering women, that we need to be empowered, that we need to stand up for ourselves. And, um, uh, yeah, uh, okay. Uh, I was just curious to your take on that, but because uh, it's something that's been in the news. It, it, I'm in New York State, so it's been in the news quite, a, you know, every day, actually. Um, yeah, st- I mean, I think st- empowering ourselves as women and girls, we really do have to, stand up for ourselves. Now, when you talk about maybe you didn't do it and blaming the victim, but you were a kid, you weren't a woman, you were not an adult, you're eight years old, eight, you know, you're, you're not uh, a grown woman. So that somehow uh, changes things as well, don't you think? I'm not sure. I think that, you know, everyone, uh, every situation is different. And I I just don't feel that I can speak to what someone should or should do in a situation, especially ones that deal with trauma uh, yeah. and and things like that. Yeah, so you have to know the particulars of the situation, obviously, and every everyone is different. But overall, um, give us some advice. I mean, how do we, imp- you know, I mean, as it's, as women, let's, you know, how do we empower ourselves? What do we do? I mean, you are saying we need to speak up, but, and, and sometimes it's difficult, as you gave the examples, social bullying, physical bullying, cyberbullying, to know when things morph into that um, and be, to be aware of that. So um, I guess awareness is one thing, um, which we mentioned before, um, but what do we do as, not as girls, but as women? 
Well, so in in my book and in my work, you know, I really talk about tons of different subject matters through the the medium of poetry and writing. And in a lot of the content I talk about, as you said, speaking up and using your voice, no matter where that happens in your journey, whether it is in a moment where you are experiencing something awful or it is many years later, I think that the power of reclaiming or claiming your voice is something that every single woman um, should do and, and should discover the power in their voice at some point in their lives. Um, there's a poem where I talk about there's no such thing as weak women, only women who haven't stepped into their power. And so I just believe in, uh, in, in reclaiming or claiming your voice, finding your strength, your resilience, and, um, and, and being in touch with the inner flame that all of us have. Do you think, Asia, you can do that at any time as you, as you age, as you get older? Let's say you, ha- you say reclaiming your voice. Let's say you haven't done that. Let's say you're middle-aged. Let's say you're older. That it's possible at any time in a woman's life to be able to do what you're talking about. I think so. Um, yeah. I'm also 25, so I, I, don't, I haven't experienced you know, d- different parts of my life yet, but I definitely think so. Um, I think that probably for most people, we go through different parts of our journey where maybe we are more in touch with ourselves and less in touch with ourselves. And, you know, there's just, I'm sure, these different moments throughout life. Um, but I, I definitely believe that anyone can get in touch with their power and their voice at any point in their life. Okay, so let's take you. You're 25. I mean, you've got a lot of living to do. Where do you see yourself? Where, I mean, see yourself evolving? What do you feel like maybe you haven't done or you should be doing, you'd like to be doing in order to, 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 do, to claim your, I wouldn't say reclaim, but continue to keep claiming your power? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to keep working on myself. I want to keep working on um, discovering all of my dreams and passions and the things that really make me feel happy and alive. I want to continue to work on loving myself, um, on healing different parts of myself. I, I am really excited about uh, this journey of life and, and continuing to discover who I am um, and continue to work on myself. I think that for everyone, that's probably a lifelong journey, and uh, I'm ready for it. Uh- that you, uh, you say you're, you're ready for it, which is great. Do you see any things that, uh, say, in the immediate future that could get in your way? Um, hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I try to to be a optimistic kind of big thinker, um, and I try to work on that. So I think I probably don't think about that type of thing. Uh, but I am sure as everyone has things that, you know, can be in their way, I'm sure I have um, those things that I need to work on as well. But uh, I, I try not to look towards that. Okay. So you're a very positive person, which is great. <laughs> I love your outlook. I'm <laughs> yeah, no, you're doing it. Um, a couple minutes left. So as I said in the beginning, like a website, websites we can go to, to watch you continue this journey, obviously, and also to get more information about your books, The Survival Guide to Bullying, Dear Girl, and uh, all, you know, all the other work that you're doing. Definitely. So I, my website is www.asiamayrock.com. My first name is spelled A-I-J-A and last name is 
May and then Rock. Um, and then I also am really active on Instagram and TikTok. Um, and I also post to Facebook and YouTube. And all of those platforms are also just my first and last name. Um, and I share new poetry videos every Friday on my social media on a variety of topics. Um, and I love connecting with people. So if you do, if you, if you DM me, I will respond. Uh, and I think that's probably all the platforms that I live on. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. You are an, you are definitely an inspiration for empowering young girls and women. And, and thanks for sharing all that with us. Thank you for having me. Uh, it was great talking to you. Great to talk to you. Bye. Bye. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Mm-hmm. 